welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, November 29th, 2023, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we will continue what we started last week, discussing practical tips for helping your child successfully navigate the dysregulation of the holidays. And as many people know, the holidays are such a joyful time and a peaceful time and a time when we can just really truly pause and reflect the birth of our Savior, but also just get to enjoy being with one another. However, we know for our children, especially those that come from traumatic backgrounds or or hard places, that the holidays can be difficult. And so we continue the conversation that Dr. Rick started with our team last week as we just talked about how to really thrive and survive during these holidays. Know that at Lifeline, we walk with families through these kinds of situations from their very, very first application submission throughout the elementary school years, the teen years, and ultimately for a lifetime because we ultimately want to see families succeed and we want to see families reach the heart of their child for the God of Christ Jesus. If you have not adopted or are interested in adoption, you can always look at our site, lifelinechild.org, or maybe you want to partner with us. We need your partnership now at the end of the year more than ever. Will you help us and help this ministry continue by going to lifelinechild.org backslash donate or lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one, the number... O-N-E, not the number one, dash life. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash change dash O-N-E dash life. Or as always, you can see our show notes to learn how you can be part of what God is doing to change lives. So without further ado, let's join Dr. Rick for part two of how to survive during the holidays. All right. Welcome again to the Defender Podcast. Welcome back again. Um, Part two of surviving the holidays with uh, Angela Maines. Um, that sounded wrong. <laughs> I said that like I'm surviving, like we're surviving the holidays with you or in spite of you. And that's not <laughs> true. We're helping like you're here to help us negotiate. Let's um, hope so. Surviving the holidays. Right. That's the idea. Um, again, those of you that are regular listeners to the podcast, you know, Angela, um, she is our director of clinical services here leads our counseling ministry um, and our parent coaching ministry um, serves in a senior director role in a in a, a, a senior level of leadership here has been a part of our team for a long time and is um, an incredibly valued member of our team um, also uh, somebody that I get to work with closely um, and uh, we laugh a lot together. And so we're doing our best to kind of hold it together and be on our best behavior um, during this podcast. But the truth is um, it would only take just a little bit to motivate us to start talking about our own families and our own experiences and the holidays and probably never be asked back to do another podcast ever. So that's probably true. <laughs> so Angela, thanks for, um, you know, for jumping in again and and talking about what is a um a, a really you know sensitive but important subject yeah. for a lot you know for a lot of our families um so yeah like 
I think, you know, one of the things that that we talk about a lot when we're talking to families about being prepared for the holidays is structure and the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and the fact is that the the structure in our lives kind of slants to helping us with kids that have come from hard places, right? Absolutely. Um, and and so maybe unpack that for just a little bit um, as a refresher for those that, you know, that have heard it a bunch and yeah. as a, you know, as a way of kind of orienting for folks that haven't. Why, why is structure so important and why should we work so hard to get it even during the holidays when, when it may be so hard to come by? Absolutely. I think that's a really great question because it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember when your kid's been home for five, six years. Why is this break still so hard? Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, for a lot of our kiddos coming from this place of of trauma or whatever their history has been, the predictability of a schedule gives them peace. It mm. gives them comfort. And so when you take away that predictability and they don't know what's coming next, it can be very unnerving. It doesn't matter that we know that they're safe. They don't always feel safe, right? right? Like they don't always feel that that element of, oh, I'm, I'm good now. Um, it's like that implicit awareness of at any point the other shoe could fall. And so when that happens, like I need to be prepared. And so it's like you get the the nervous little chatter that's mm-hmm. around you all the time or <laughs> question after question after question. <laughs> and you're like, and, why? And we're not talking about my family. We're talking about just anybody's family. <laughs> and so you get the you get that like it gets really irritating. It's really annoying when you're like, dude, I've told you right. 20 times already. Like, why can't you remember? Like, that doesn't even go into the working memory issues that a lot right. of our kiddos have. But it's hard. It's hard when you're little and you don't know what's coming. You don't know, well, what am I going to spend time with next? Because then all of that worry begins to creep in and worries that we probably if, would be very surprised by if we if our kids were actually able to give voice to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that that sense of felt safety, um, you know, on, an, on I guess somehow on, a, on a, maybe on an emotional level, it's it, it really is a tight hug. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the feeling that um, that you're enveloped and you're held and you're, you know, like somebody somebody strong has you. Um, and that you can trust that. Yes. And and that's what our kids walk around not not feeling. And and for some of our kids, to be honest with you, they maybe have never felt it. Absolutely. Like some are coming from a starting place um, where their baseline is just that chronic anxiety, that chronic uh, sense of I've got to be ready to run or fight. Mm-hmm. And then when things get really bad, they shut down, yep. you know, that fight, flight, freeze. Right. So as things escalate. And so they don't have a baseline of safety. It doesn't matter if they've been home for five, six, seven, ten years. There's there's for some of our kiddos, especially when the, the insult happened prenatally or in that first year of life, like there's just so much that then is implicit that they carry with them. And you could be the best the most proficient TBRI parent ever. You could have everything down to a science and your kid may still feel that way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like say that a little louder for those in the back. Yeah. (laughs) So, 
So what you're telling me is that I may have read everything Karen Purvis ever wrote, mm-hmm. that I may have attended all the webinars that Lifeline, you know, puts together, that we may have done all the things and that and that we may still struggle with those things. And it it's not my fault as a parent that we're struggling with it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so as a parent. We'd love to take on some ownership of stuff, but like if you, everything was going right with your kiddo, would you take a hundred percent ownership of that? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Like you just ruined my whole point there. Well, of course you wouldn't, but. Right. Right. Like, so yeah. why do we take a hundred percent ownership when things aren't going right with yeah. our kids? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I, but I think it, I think it is so easy to, you know, internally intrinsically play the blame game to you know to wonder what it is that i've done wrong or what it is that i'm not doing or not doing enough of um and and the truth is that the answer very likely to that could be you know nothing yeah it's just it's just where you know it's just where you are I i think um also you know thinking in terms of that um like giving our kids that sense of, um, and I'm going to use the word boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Like, but boundaries in the sense of not just setting li- landmines out for them of of lines not to cross and and right. things not to do, but the fact is that we're helping our kids kind of bump up into structure in ways that help them to know that yes, like there's structure there. Absolutely. And there's somebody there's somebody who's really like investing and helping with that. Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that can be very confusing for a lot of our parents as they hear the the comments about we need to say yes as much as we can or we need to meet every need. Yeah. And, it, and it's like that that gets misapplied to mm-hmm. I should do everything for my kid and I should never tell them no. Right. <laughs> Which that is not safety for kids right. like kids need boundaries. They need to know their structure and a safety net and that my parent can handle and not just physically provide structure or safety, but psychologically provide that structure and safety. Yep. And so that comes through those boundaries of, you know what, it doesn't matter how much I'm pushing and begging, begging mom for this. She said, no, she means no. Right. Or it's not time yet. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes saying no, you say it creatively, right? To avoid the trigger of the word no. No is not a bad word, but we do want to make sure we're using it when it's appropriate and that when we say it, we mean it. Yep. So I, I agree. Like setting those boundaries with kids and that, and anytime we're upping structure, we also have to up nurture, right? This is not a cold sense of structure. This is very much a loving, compassionate structure, but I can be, I can be firm and still be loving at the same time. Those aren't mutually exclusive, but sometimes we think they are. Yep. Well, and, and a lot of what our kids have experienced that has brought them to the place where they are is they have experienced those things being mutually exclusive. Right. And, and so, yeah, we're joining together the fact that sometimes, you know, sometimes love says no. That's right. I mean, how, how often does God do that with us? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because they get dysregulated. They're not happy about it. They're melting down and we're thinking, well, my kid's melting down, so I must be parenting wrong. And it's like, or maybe it's just part of the natural order of things. Like this is what kids do, you know, kids, we, we melt down. We hold it together a little better most of the time as parent, as adults. 
<laughs> most of the time. But but at the end of the day, that's also like how we're learning. And so it's like while the, the challenge then becomes while the meltdown is happening, how do I stay grounded enough? How do I how do I not become cold and shut myself off from feeling? But I'm feeling and I'm empathizing with the pain that my child's in. But I'm also staying grounded enough in the fact that I am the parent and I can do this. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I've got this. And I know that even if I don't know what to do, I can trust on a God that does. Yep. And so it's kind of like that visual of standing on the shore of a river and having one foot in the water that's feeling the emotion and having one foot solidly on the shore. That's not going to be swept away by the emotion, mm-hmm. you know? And so that, that balancing act of I'm here in it with you, buddy, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be kept swept away by it. It's good. All right. So schedule and structure. <laughs> Everybody's favorite conversation over the holidays. Um, like, how do you find balance in, in the, in the need for schedule and structure with the sort of unstructured chaos that, that, that the holidays can, can turn into what's what's yeah. your best advice okay so as a mom who has never been particularly great at schedules or structures until i had to be yeah now i'm like i've got this you know but i love <laughs> the unstructured time right like that's the best and so that can feel very stifling or it can feel very overwhelming to implement that kind of organization if that's not something that comes natural to you and so i think Rather than thinking like, okay, at eight o'clock we wake up and at 815 breakfast is on the table. Like rather than thinking about structure in that way, thinking about it more generally, like throughout our break on most days, we're going to have a routine. And so depending on your kid and depending on their level of anxiety would probably impact what level of routine or structure you need to put out. So some ideas that people have used in the past are... You know, creating a picture schedule where, okay, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to eat. And you kind of just get those big in the mornings. We, you know, we we do something. We play with these toys and maybe you identify what toys they can play with because having so much freedom can be very um, paralyzing for kids. So giving them some structure of here's maybe you have a bin of toys like, hey, here's our morning toys. This is what you get to play with. And you don't have to necessarily tell them how long, but like until about this time, we're going to play with these toys. You know, like you've got like an order of things. Well, after we eat lunch or maybe you do morning snack, then we're going to play with these toys. And you kind of pull out different things that they can do. But there's a little bit more structure to it than just, well, just go play. Yep. Right. Or some people will get like a jar with popsicle sticks and they have different activities on it. So you can pull something from the the jar that says an idea or or gives them a, an option of something they could do with their time. But you set up a structure. So maybe after lunch, you do have rest time where you're reading and looking at books together. And then in the afternoon, you go for a walk or, you know, depending on the weather or you do something physical, you know. And I think I think, you know, also it's part of being scheduled is it's like the point is not being on a schedule. Right. The point is predictability. Absolutely. And, yes. and so predictability can equal, we just keep telling you and reminding you and showing you what's coming next and what's coming after that and That's what's right. coming after the next thing. And, 
and and we keep we keep the order of our day where we're keeping it in front of us so that that doesn't become the preoccupation of of everything. That's right. Right. And so for those days when you don't have family events, that's probably easier than others. Right. And for the days that you do, you know, coming up with a way to, hey, after lunch, we're doing this. You know, you know your child. I think some for some kids, knowing something different is happening days in advance. They're going to like fixate on that. And then that's <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> just oh, about. That, that never happens. <laughs> yeah, you, you've totally read that one wrong. That doesn't <laughs> you know, so you may not tell them, you know, the timing of when you need to tell your kids something right. to give them enough time to pre- prepare for it, but not too much time that they're going to fixate and not know what to do. Right. Um, and so keeping that in mind, you know, like of how do we structure, especially as we get closer to, to Christmas and some of the things that come with that, just letting them know, hey, there, this is going to happen. And maybe maybe they need a tangible thing. Like the mm-hmm. more you make something tangible for a kiddo, the easier it is to conceptualize, especially if there's those um, intellectual struggles, yep. capability issues. You know, so if you can create some kind of a, you know, chain link paper chain where, all right, in three days, all right, you we know after breakfast, we go tear this chain off and then we're going to Nana and Papa's. Or right. you could even create a chain that says what you're doing that day on it if there's something out of the ordinary. And you the habit and the predictability is you open the chain each morning to see what are we doing today. Right. How do I remember what's happening today? Right. And it and it's and and again, there's no perfect no foolproof plan. Um you can work at this all you want to. Um you you can get it right one day and do the same thing the next day. And yep. get it wrong. <laughs> and and that's just that's just the reality of it. And so you're you're doing the best you can um, to, you know, to provide that sense of normalcy and structure and predictability and all of those sorts of things. But there are going to be days where you're going to hit every mark and think you've done everything perfectly and and your kids just aren't going to respond well. Yep. And you know what that means? It means that it's a day that ends in a Y. That's right. And it, and it means they're having an off day. Yeah. So then stopping to say, okay, I wonder, like, not only what's going on inside me, but what's going on inside my child? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe why is this a harder day? And, and you know, it, a lot of times those holidays are bringing up memories or things from their yeah. past that are just hard. And it's not always a cognitive awareness of something that happened in the past. Sometimes it's just an implicit awareness. There's a lot of things that can play into the what we'd call like a traumaversary or just this reaction that seems unexplainable and like it's out of left field. And like you said, it could just be a day ending and why could be they woke up in a very different brain space. I'm just laughing because like we were talking about that on the way into the studio here just a few <laughs> minutes ago that today's one of those days where um, it like there there's something happening today around us that normally would have been stressful for, you know, for both of us. Right. And it's not stressful at all anymore. but there's still a little bit of a sense that you, we should be stressed. Right. Like I, like (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm stressed that I'm not stressed Yes, and you know, and, and I kind of don't know what to do with that. And our kids are no different. And, um, and, and so, yeah, but I, but I think, you know, giving yourself a break in that, um, 
but just trying to be aware and trying to be present with your kids, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about last week how we were taking care of ourselves in the midst of all this. And I think one thing that we could have said there that we didn't is when you are struggling and you're having moments, Mm -hmm. verbalizing that, saying that out loud. Wow, I'm really stressed that we have to go to this party today. I don't know that I really want to be around that many people. Um, You know what? But I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm going to. I think we can do this. I think it's going to be okay. Like modeling for your kids, like talking, your, like when you're going through something mm-hmm. and you're working on your own ways of staying grounded when things are get hard, getting hard, the more that you verbalize and kind of do a monologue based on what your own internal experience is with your kids, you're also modeling for them how they can learn to cope. Yep. And so it's it's like one, it's owning it. It's saying, wow, feelings are okay, And I can feel upset and stressed by this and have stuff going on that I just feel like I'm in a funk today. I'm not really sure. I don't really even know what I need. Like, let's see. What are some things? Maybe you brainstorm with them Mm -hmm. and you're like, let's see if we could do a dance party. Let's see if we can go for a walk. Let's let's spend some time reading or journaling, like whatever that is. But be honest and verbalize what you're doing. So that they can begin to learn from it. Or you screw up and you're like, you know what? I need a redo. Yep. I would like to try that again. That's not the way I wanted to handle that. And I think we put a lot of pressure on our kids to do a redo and forget, hey, we should start there for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's how they're going to learn to do it. Well, and and I think, you know, there are those times when we, we, we kind of hit the jackpot and we tap into that empathetic part of our kids when we acknowledge that we're struggling. Yeah. And... And they they kind of find the emotional stability and the wherewithal to lean into that. And, you know, they minister to us. Yeah. That's the reciprocity of the relationship, right? right? Like the serve in return. Right. And, you know, and that doesn't always happen. No. And and sometimes they're but it's lovely they're preoccupied it in their own stuff and 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 overwhelmed by their own things or whatever. And but but there are those moments when that happens and and those are those are like really sweet, treasured, um, you know, precious kind of kind of times. And so um, create those glimmers. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, you you know, the, and 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 so and that just comes from honesty. Yeah. OK. So maybe last thing is as we wrap up um, the invariable. It's going to happen at some point. We've been we've been with each other in each other's space just too long. And and like a major thing erupts that is just everybody is kind of at everybody because we're just sort of done. Fix it for us, Angela. We, Thanks, Rick. What are we doing now? <laughs> well, Lynn Beckett put together a great Sibley <laughs> and Morgan Johnson have a great CE on this that you guys can find on the Lifeline Education Portal. And that will go into a lot more detail on just managing sibling conflict yeah. in general. But, you know, I mean, again, like relationships are messy. Yeah. And so I, I, I wish I could give you a quick like 
something gimmicky or uh, glib, but the end of the day, like that's life. And so figuring out how to let your kids kind of duke it out when there's nobody at literal danger, like obviously some of our kids that that's not going to be a wise choice. (laughs) So hear that, like when there's real risk, don't let them. But if they're just squabbling or squibbling, like sometimes too, like they do that for our benefit. And so if we don't engage when they don't need us to, because sometimes when we jump in and we try to solve our kids' problems too quickly, we rob them of the opportunity to learn how to navigate relationships and and negotiate. And so it's okay to be like, all right, let, let me know when you all need me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going over here. You guys figure it out. Like, again, obviously keeping in mind safety, there's legitimate safety concerns that some of our kiddos are, are facing. Um, so I'm not proposing that but when you feel like they are kids within kind of that normal range of child development that have some skill there it's a great way for them to begin to learn how to navigate hey what do they need Mm -hmm. what do you guys need to do to figure it out and engage their problem solving rather than you as mom or dad stepping in to solve it for them right like did your did your i'll solve your problem for you like (laughs) like rather than having that mindset of parenting like (laughs) well you know it's it's an option yes not a good one not it's an option but maybe letting them showing them that they are called and capable that hey you know what i I believe in your ability to fix this or Mm -hmm. to to navigate this problem but what i hear you saying that maybe between the lines is also um like being present as a parent in that to help them as much as they need to be helped without helping them more than they need to be helped. Absolutely. Yes. Because when we begin to do too much for our kids, we actually handicap them. Yep. Right. Like needs change over time. So if you've got a kid who's, you know, hitting that, that middle school age, they don't need you to solve all their problems. Like it'd be really weird if you were waking up during the night to feed them. Like that's not a need that they have anymore. So, Allowing knowing that the need then becomes for, you know, social engagement and identity development and like that friends become a little bit more important, like the needs change. So keeping in mind that as your kids grow, their needs change and you don't have to jump in. Being present doesn't mean I'm doing everything for them. Right. And 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 doing that ultimately breeds shame and doubt. It, it breeds the fact that kids will will do less for themselves because they don't believe they're capable. That's right. Um, and they start to transfer it into other areas of their lives as well. And Absolutely. so and so there's, you know, like the goal is not having a conflictless home um, during the two weeks that your kids are home or whatever the circumstances are during the holidays. Um, it's it it's it's finding peace and helping your kids to be able to maximize yeah. their you know their ability to be able to negotiate those conflicts and knowing that peace doesn't come from our external circumstances but more is that inward place of being grounded in the lord right like our peace is not wow thanks thanks for thanks for over spiritualizing it right <laughs> no like as my as my kids are arguing and like what i want i don't want peace i want silence that's, that's right. what i want you know that's but right. but but and like we're human but like for real acknowledging yes. the fact that you know that that for ourselves in the middle of that moment being honest and saying hey what my goal is sometimes in the midst of all this is my goal is not peace yeah um, my, my goal is quiet. 
silence, you know, whatever. And, um, and, and that's on us. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. Parting shot. One last thing, anything, anything that is, that we haven't said that we haven't covered in, in two episodes to this point that, um, that you want to make sure that folks hear as they dive off into the holidays? Oh, tons. But the overwhelming message to be just give yourself and give your kids grace. And, you know, you kind of hit on this a second ago, like conflict isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, conflict is often a teacher. And so kind of trying to retrain your mind for, hey, this is an opportunity. This is not this is not a situation to be avoided at all costs. So God reign supreme teach my kids what you want them to learn through this and help me to be not get in the way too much <laughs> you know you know i always joke that as a therapist i just know the issues i'm creating in my kids you know so um <laughs> it's always easier said than done so give yourself lots of grace and know that you were never meant to be everything for your kids that's why that's why we serve a god who who is everything and that's why we celebrate a holiday that's right. like christmas because because Jesus came and he was present because we're not sufficient. That's right. And, uh, and because we can't do it. And so, um, that seems like a fitting place to end. And, uh, as always, it is fun to sit down and have a conversation uh, with you and to let some other folks eavesdrop on it. And, uh, and so I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And, uh, we will have you back on real soon to talk about, uh, something else maybe maybe the family bingo card we can (laughs) unpack that and and go a little deeper so but angela mains thanks for joining us um thank you for joining us on the defender podcast and uh and we pray that uh that the lord will um will walk with you that he'll be present with you during these days and that um that through whatever it is that you experience that those will be opportunities for god to to be able to um, to, to help you to see him in, uh, in a much more engaged way. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.